Okay. Now, let's take it from the top. This is the Lowdown Sports Show. Give me the lowdown. With Drew. I just heard your dad might already hate you, and I was like, yeah. what, brother? Oh, man. And BJ. Yeah, he could be a part of the mascot's entourage and, and be throwing t-shirts into the crowd. <laughs> and it all starts right now. All right, welcome into another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. I'm your host, Drew. I'm BJ. And we're here to get the lowdown on all things basketball. Welcome in, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry hey. Christmas. I mean, Christmas on Monday, but we record on Thursday for you ahead of Christmas time. Good to be back here. It feels like it's been forever, but it, uh, it has been yeah. back in the mix. And we got some things to talk about. Well, something that's old news, but we got to chat about it a little anyway. And that's the Draymond Green situation. Uh, also delving into the Christmas Day games coming up on Monday and some legendary players and coaches and teams considered for the Hall of Fame. Chatting all about that in the Commissioner's Cup, they decided in the WNBA they want to make some changes to it. Let's talk about some of those changes here in this one. Of course, BJ's Best, what's on Drew's mind and with it, acquitted all on tap here for today. And, uh, before we get into things, we want to give shouts out to our partners, T Public Fanatics and Seat Geek. Seat Geek is a ticket app that takes the confusion out of buying tickets. Use code THE LOWDOWN in all caps to take $20 off your first order. And uh, BJ, this show is also presented by StatHit. And we've got a stat of the episode over there. And we do, Drew. It's uh, for some reason my screen is, is uh, going slow. So I may have to, we may have to come back to that but i will have it before the end of the episode all right we'll revisit the stat of the episode and we'll go ahead and tackle on into things here uh draymond green let's start off with mr uh, mm-hmm. draymond green here in this one draymond i mean just i mean it's you know happened last week at this point i mean it's really mainly all been hashed out last week you know just just trying to figure out and i haven't really gotten to talk about it just what is going on and you know and and how did it get to the point that we're at here today you know how did how did it get this far so many things allowed all those kicks in the nuts that we were always talking about for years and uh you know the that's recent not, uh that's not know, the, the season of nutcracker that you want Drew. yeah and the and the stomp on sabonis is it's not even been a year since that's happened so i mean it's, it's just a lot of a whole bunch of things. It's got to be, you know, internal. We don't know if, you know, personal beef with all these players that he's been, you know, hitting the headlock with Gobert. I mean, there's no like, hey, we know he's got issues with Sabonis. Hey, we know him and Gobert have a history of, you know, getting into it in the playoffs or anything like that. It's not that. It's not, none of those things that you can point to like you probably could with, you know, veterans back in the day. But, uh, you know, he's he just kind of gone off the uh, – the deep end here, and uh, you know, it just kind of it doesn't make his doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You know, we're used to him getting texts and uh, and being uh, ejected and things like that. But 
not this. It just seems like the frequency is just too much at this point. Uh, the technical fouls, I mean, we have stars get that all the time. But, I don't know, Draymond Green, his stuff has just kind of been a little bit more than it needs to be over over time. And, you know, uh, the indefinite sp- suspension, uh, it's, it's a good decision on the way to go with that. I mean, just kind of, you know, here we're suspending you and we'll figure out exactly how long you'll be suspended for along the way. Uh, it's good to not go ahead and just put a number on it. And so there's not arguing about, Hey, why was it only eight games? You know, why is it only, you know, two games? What, what is it? What is that all about? Yeah. You know, not putting a number on it makes it a little bit easier for the NBA to navigate and, and, and the Warriors trying to figure things out. Um, you know, there's been all, all, all his incidents have been brought up ever since, you know, the, the recent antics have been brought up, you know, even, you know, Curry was speaking on, uh, the Jordan pool, uh, situation as well and how you know when it got out it made things harder for you know uh things to be handled better you know under yeah. under closed doors or behind closed doors let's just say so uh, it's just something draymond's got to fix i mean what do you think about the situation bj i mean it's it's been a lot that he's been getting into and just you know, slap on the wrist mostly up until now. And like, how, how big is this slap on the wrist? Is it actually going to leave a mark this time? Or I mean, what, what are we doing? here? Well, you know, the thing is we uh, back in the playoffs, if I'm not mistaken, Drew, when, when he got suspended and missed a couple games in the King series there, we had a clip. I'm not, I didn't find it. I know we've got it somewhere of all the times that he has done something, you know, in, in terms of like, you know, either stupid or foolish or, or, you know, just kind of gone and, and done it without even thinking about the consequences of, of you know, whether it's a kick or a, a punch or a shove or something that's trying to get the, you know, get an opponent out of the way or, or, you know, something that really doesn't have, you know, as much of a place in the basketball court as much as maybe like the, the uh, WWE cage or something. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I think that this is – you know, this was only a matter of time. I'm honestly surprised that it didn't happen sooner, but it's, it's one of those things that after a certain amount of time and, you know, all the, the complaints and the, the clamoring of, uh, you know, Oh, Draymond's a dirty player. How does he keep getting away with it? Well, I guess the NBA's finally heard enough and they're not going to let him get away with it for too much longer. If, if, if he even is able to, to come back. This is a something drew. And I don't, think this is going to be the case but you talk about Draymond being on the tail end of his career this is potentially something that could be what ends his career prematurely I don't think this we've you know seen Draymond on the court for the last time I don't think this is how it's gonna come to an end but you really do have to consider that possibility with him you know continuing to do these things and after a certain amount of time it's like a parent getting frustrated with a child and saying all right, I'm not warning you anymore. Go to your room. You're not playing basketball anymore. And I think the NBA started to, you know, condition us to be used to it because they they weren't doing a whole lot of anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, light suspensions and not really taking it seriously. Yeah. And, you know, things just got worse. It, you know, it went to stomps on chests, you know, rib cages, you know, headlocks, and, you know, just straight up, you know, swing around hooks to the face. Yeah, and, and this one's the worst of all. It feels like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's literally, it's literally just been building. It's, it's been a crescendo. Mm-hmm. It's just gotten, you know, it's gotten like, worse. The you, antics you, have gotten worse. I, you even give though, him, you give him an inch, and he'll take a mile. How much, how much is he going to be allowed to 
to get by with. You know, even though I don't want to, you know, think of, you know, getting hit in the nuts lightly, you know. Uh, so, but I mean, it's just been like more apparent injuries. So, mm-hmm. you know, some of those, you know, you've been, you know, you know, ha- had some people on shows, I mean, including, including us, you've been trying to, you know, justify some of the things that were going on. Like, mm, was it a stomp? You know, his foot was kind of coming down, looked like Sabonis had his leg or yeah. whatever, things like that. You know, I could never justify the kicks in the nuts. Those were just like, I, I don't know. But uh, that's what I'm saying about getting conditioned to. We started to try and find excuses for him. Uh, or some people, sometimes it ends up happening like that. But, yeah. you know, it's got to just stop. I mean, mm-hmm. With the hitting in the face, I mean that that should be that should be a straight up brawl on the floor. I mean, you know, yeah. Nurkic, I'm kind of surprised, but I mean, <laughs> sell the foul pretty good though, but it, it worked. But uh, I mean, just I don't know. It's hard to find words for what Draymond's doing. It just doesn't make sense because you don't. I mean, but we don't know what's going on internally. If there's something internally, if it's like that, but you know, whatever's going on, he's got to take care of it. Uh, you know, if it's you know just something on his mind that's you know having him easily frustrated in the recent year, you know where these where these antics have just picked up more than you know usual. It seems like everything else has kind of spread out over a while, and maybe maybe why it didn't get put under the microscope so much because it wasn't as much in a small window as it is now. You know, mm-hmm. in a year you've got these three things being the stomp, the headlock, and you know the the back fist, and you know yeah. I, don't, I don't even know how long the Jordan Poole thing was. Now it might be two that years. was. I was gonna say I felt like that was the beginning, like preseason last year. But right, but it, yeah, it's like in the area of you know one or two years. So I mm-hmm. mean, all that and you know in the last couple is is a lot. Is a lot to uh, you know be having to deal with as an organization. And, and we talk about how smart of a basketball player Draymond Green is, and maybe there is certain something in his mind that he thinks he can get that extra little edge that they're not going to do, but. You, at some point, as smart as you are, Draymond, you've got to know that this is just stupid and this is, can't go on any longer. And, hey, NBA fantasy people, I need y'all to do something with that suspension label y'all have on Draymond in fantasy. I had him in fantasy on one of my teams. I need to be able to put him on that IR or something. Can that be allowed? <laughs> I don't want to drop him. No, when he comes so. back, I mean, I mean, he's going to be was, useful. I was going to say, I, I don't know. I don't think you can put him on a reserve or anything for suspension. No, you can't. I just, yeah. I'm just going to have to drop him. I got to deal with it. I got to drop him. It's going to have to happen. My teams are going to suffer, though. I'll start losing. But anyway, enough about Draymond. Let's talk yeah. about these Christmas Day games, BJ. Let's do we it. Some Christmas Day NBA slate of games, even though we're being slightly interrupted by some NFL stuff throughout the day. Two stinker games during the day. And then one actual nice one in primetime late. But uh, we'll be yeah. watching Mavs until we go to sleep. Not football. Uh, I was going to say, that, that's that's the thing is that, you know, it, it we I talked with, with Coach Tripp about it uh, last week, and it just feels weird. Last year, I mean, Christmas on a Sunday, fine. Christmas on a Monday this year, understandable that there's some, like, a game or, you know, maybe two at most. But three? And there's a couple clunkers in there, like you said. I don't know. Right. Feels I wrong. Just, I don't want no football. It's just, just so, fun. So, make it that, should, go ahead. Make it that week where you don't play anyone in that football. I was going to say NBA should schedule a game or two on Thanksgiving next year as payback. Hey, they should have just done it this year when they knew that was going to happen. But Yeah, that's true. 
I don't know. It's just it's super weird. But anyway, Christmas Day schedule is starting off early at 11 a.m. with Milwaukee on the road at New York, playing at the Madison Square Garden on ESPN. See, and one thing about this, BJ, you don't always get Christmas Day games where the stars are healthy. Mm-hmm. And pretty much most people, uh, most teams got uh, healthy, healthy squads here. Uh, Bucks healthy versus Knicks. And then the next game following going to be 1.30 p.m., uh, Warriors at Nuggets. I mean, the exception of Draymond being out, but everybody else going to be playing. I believe. I think Jamal Murray's back uh, again because he had had a little stinger once he came back, but I think he's back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll check the injury report and have that up. Um, also, following that, going to be a four o'clock tip between Boston and LA. Yeah, Boston on the road at the Lakers. That is going to be a good one. LeBron has been missing the last. A uh, bit of games, and the Lakers been on a uh, little skid here after winning the end season tournament. But I think part of his his missing games lately is to rest up so that he can he can play on Christmas. Next, you've got a 7 p.m. start. Philadelphia 76ers at the Miami Heat. That'll also be good. All these are all these are great games for the day, BJ. Just just yes. get your popcorn, kick your feet up, watch some NBA games, maybe sip a little wine if you want to. Open the presents with some some family and hang around and watch these NBA games. That'll be a good one too. And it finishes off with Mavericks on the road at Suns at 9:30 on ESPN. Yeah, and um, the Mavericks have had some guys miss a few, you know, or yeah, games. That's that's the one that is really unfortunate this and, coming into this week. Yeah, and I'm hoping you know we we get some of those guys back to be able to you know, put out some type of unit out here against Phoenix. They've been missing for a little bit now. Maybe they'll be healthy enough to play on Christmas. Um, otherwise, it's a pretty healthy slate. You know, the first yeah. four games don't have to worry about injuries. Uh, only the last game does with the Mavericks missing some players lately. And I don't believe that Beal is back yet. And I don't know if he'll be back for the Christmas game. So that is something to look out for. But mostly healthy throughout the day. Mostly healthy throughout the day. Yeah. So these are going to be good games, BJ. Aside from the Mavericks, which we got to <laughs> sit some bias out here. Which mm. game is you, which game are you most excited for on Christmas Day? Uh, let let's let me actually ask multiple questions in one. Okay. Which games? Which game are you most excited for during the day? What mm. do you think will be the best game during the day? And which one do you think you'll actually watch the whole game? Okay, uh, well, it's possible that all three of these questions have the same answer, believe it or not. It is possible. Uh, It is possible. I think the game I'm most looking forward to is that marquee afternoon tilt. I mean, anytime you have a historic NBA rivalry front and center on Christmas Day, I mean, that's to me, I think that's going to be the best game. Boston and L.A. is the one that I'm thinking is going to be the best. That's the one I'm most excited to see outside of the Mavericks, of course, who've had a couple of years now in a row that they've been playing on Christmas. And I, I think that's more likely the one that I'd be able to watch pretty much almost all of. If, if I'm being honest, I might be able to, to catch the, the earlier game between Denver and the golden state warriors, but I might, might not watch all of that. I might just have to wait and, and watch Boston and LA because I, I work that morning and, you know, come that afternoon once i get home we'll probably go and and, you know unwrap 
presents from each other and everything like that. And by the time that's over, it we get ready for, you know, dinner and everything that's perfect for the start of, of Boston, LA. So it is, it, it, you know, I know you probably didn't mean for it to be all three uh, answered <laughs> the same game, but that's the case. I'll probably watch most, if not all of Philly and Miami, if I'm being honest as well, before I, I check out, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to make it most of uh, through about the, you know, first half or three quarters at most of Dallas and, and Phoenix because of my work schedule. I know you are more than familiar with that, unfortunately, but I'll have a recording. We'll, we'll catch up and watch it uh, the next day once I get home and relax. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm actually a little bit different from you. I think the uh, Milwaukee and Knicks game will be the closest game uh, okay. of all the games on the slate on that one. I also think that's the one I'm going to sit through and watch the entire one, mainly because I think it's going to be the closest. Um, But uh, also, you know, the early slate's easy one to tap on in. You know, you're kind of all bright and early in the morning, or at least I will be over here anyway. You know, (laughs) just kick off the day watching some hoops. I'll be right there locked into the first game, you know, probably eating some lunch and watching. And, uh, you know, I, I think that'll be a tight one. And uh, but, you know, the most excited for, you know, but I don't know how it's going to go. It could be one of those lopsided ones in the final quarter or something like that. Be good for three quarters and be a clunker in the fourth. Lakers and Celtics like you were you were talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. I I, I hope it's a thriller that goes, you know, the distance, nice four quarters uh, and be good to the end and be one of those Christmas Day games that we remember. And while we're talking about that, BJ, what is a Christmas Day game that, you remember the most and what is or which i guess i should say which one is your favorite christmas day game or one that you whichever one you want to pick whether you remember the most it's your favorite if it's both and the same um i'll give mine right here because i've been thinking about it already and it's 2016's nba christmas matchup between the nba champion cavaliers and the golden state warriors yeah, that was that was a good go- good one. I was I I was thinking back to last year and the Mavericks making that comeback against the Lakers. You know, we had that uh, really good matchup between LA and and, and Dallas, and and it was it, it lev- lived up to the hype. It was you know Lakers were leading for a good majority of the game, and then Dallas just kind of hit a barrage of threes in the late third, early fourth to to come from behind and win. Uh, I mean, it's it seems like it's been you know a lot of years that LeBron has been on Christmas and why not? Absolutely. Yeah, want yeah. to, to be, you know, marketing one of your top players, if not the, you know, one of the best players of all time on in a marquee slate of games. And so I'm, you know, just thinking back to, you know, I, I think that we got a Miami Dallas rematch on Christmas right after the finals of 2011. And I think LeBron may have had a good showing in that game. Um, let's see. I'm trying to remember. Because I, I I feel like you're right. I feel like that that uh, Cleveland Golden State matchup is probably one of, if not the best, Christmas basketball games that we've ever seen. Just mm-hmm. because of of everything that you know they they've been matched up the past two years. You know Cleveland coming back from three one deficit in historic fashion, and then mm-hmm. that was a great tight contested basketball game. So oh, I, I don't I don't think that there's much that could top that. But for me, what I remember. Um, it's just because it's probably more recent is Dallas making that big comeback last year and, and getting a win. 
after not having Luca the previous year and losing to Utah on Christmas and feel like that could be a possibility this year. Hope I'm wrong, but yeah. Anytime, anytime you're at home in front of the home fans and you win that, that tends to stick in the mind a little bit longer. And BJ in these Christmas games, six of the last eight players that have been named MVP in the NBA will be in action on Christmas day. LeBron, Mm-hmm. Who's a four-time MVP? Yeah, KD, who won mm-hmm. in 2014. Curry, 15 and 16. Mm-hmm. Embiid last year. Yeah, Jokic, Jokic. 21, 22. Ante mm-hmm. Kunpo, 19 and 20. It's mm-hmm. crazy. That is a lot of star power. Um, by the way, I wanted. To, I don't want to go too far. And seeing as that this does tie in, I have my stat of the episode. It was frozen for the longest time i figured we could revisit it now since we're talking about christmas day and we're talking about lebron james specifically i wondered if you knew the most points and the fewest points that lebron has put up in christmas day games what's the most he's put up and what's the least he's put up uh if you can remember Oh my gosh. Uh, I, I definitely am not going to get the least right because I'll probably overthink it. Okay. Um, but we'll go for it. The least he's probably scored, let's go with 16. The most, let's go with um, 44. You're really close with the fewest points. Dang. Uh, not not quite there with the most points. So the fewest points he put up on a Christmas day game was his first Christmas with the Lakers back in 2018. He, he totaled just 17 points in the Lakers win against the Warriors. One off. Yeah, I know. I was going to say he also uh, added uh, 13 rebounds and had five assists in that contest for the, uh, for the Lakers in 2018. The most points he's put up, it was also with the Lakers. It was two years ago in the Lakers loss to the Nets. LeBron had 39, the most that he's ever put up in a Christmas Day game in 2021 as the Lakers fell to the Nets 122 to 115. You see, yeah. I, had, I had a feeling he hadn't scored 40 on Christmas, but I wanted to be like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe he has. And I just don't remember. But Not quite. Yeah, but that's something that he could, you know, hope to try to accomplish this year. It would be a, a I hope he don't have to. Uh, yeah, I was just say the the problem is like you look he scored 39 in 2021 they lost. He scored 38 last year, they lost. He put up 37 in 2011, but they actually did win uh against Dallas. Get so him. two two of his three highest outputs on Christmas day have been against Dallas, believe it or not. Help LeBron, help him. <laughs> and uh some more Christmas Day factoids. Past four teams win the NBA title are playing on Christmas Day. Lakers in 2020, Bucks in 21, Warriors 22, and Nuggets last year or earlier this year. Yeah, that was last, last season, season. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I, feel, I, I get what you're saying. I'm expecting some fun on Christmas. But like I said, I think I think Bucks and Knicks is going to be electric. That's going to be what's going to start off our day. You know, hopefully Curry makes eight threes against the Nuggets, and we have a crazy game in in that one. Maybe Clay catches fire too, so it makes it a little more exciting. So he's not just sad over there. But why Curry hit eight? Why not hit two? Um, but yeah, we got a, got a good slate. Got a good slate for Christmas Day. That is absolutely for sure. 
And uh, we got a good bit of candidates that are uh, probably going to make their way into the Hall of Fame. The finalist list uh, will come out later in February. Got some notables here. We're going to split this conversation up a little bit. Talk a little bit about the uh, the fellas and the the teams that'll be uh, eligible, and then we'll talk about the uh, the women's side later when we get to the WNBA conversation mm-hmm. side of things. But Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame announcing eligible candidates for the class of twenty twenty four. A lot of high profile uh, and first time nominees, including the two thousand eight U.S. Olympic men's basketball team, the redeemed team. Vince Carter, ben, Bill Lambeer, yeah, Coach Rick Barnes, mm-hmm. Mike Fratello. Got a whole bunch more notable names here. We got coaches and players. Uh, player Chauncey Billups, uh, John, is that Bayline? Yeah. yeah. Uh, man, oh God. Joey Crawford, the referee, you know who that is. Anybody who's watching oh, yeah. NBA games in the past 20 years knows who Joey Crawford is. Yep. Uh, Sean Marion, former Dallas Maverick and NBA champion. Mm-hmm. Jim Moranga, uh, coach of uh, Miami Hurricanes and, and yeah. several others. Yeah, going through just going through some notable names that I'm popping through here. Mm-hmm. Um, Doug Collins on the contributor side. Uh, Dick, Dick Mata, Jim Phelan, Bo Ryan. West on the contributor side. Uh, David Blatt on the international side. Good old David Blatt. Mike Gaminski, Lou Henson. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of good names on here. A lot of great names. A lot of great names. Hurley and Neal. I mean, there it looks like there's some uh, globe trotters that are on here. And uh, what is we've we've hashed about we've hashed out about uh, Hall of Fame classes before. It's about what is it like twelve to fourteen or so that get yeah that get inducted it, in. There's there's quite a few uh, that. Once we get the the finalists narrowed down in February or, or March when they uh, – maybe even April, actually. Uh, so I think February is when we get the finalists and then the uh-huh. actual class is announced during the final four um, yeah. in April. So, you know, it, it's it's possible that, you know, you'll see a lot of these, these people, both men and women, that are nominees that will make it in. It's, it's impossible at this point to really – kind of gauge who's going to make it to the next round. Anybody that they name as like a headliner or high profile, you usually are pretty, you know, safe to say that they're going to be, uh, you know, a finalist and possibly inducted like the redeem team. There's no way they're not going to get in. Right. I was, Vince I was Carter, gonna... Rick Barnes, like, right. You know, I was, like them. I was going to go over some, some, uh, some that I thought were locks, you know, to, yeah. to, to be inducted. Definitely that. Oh, eight. Our redeemed team, Vince Carter mm-hmm. and, you know, Rick Barnes. Uh, you know, I think maybe a Bill Lambeer. Would, I don't know about a lock, I th- I but he'd be on the edge of being one. I would say I think he's all right. I think he'll get in. And uh, Chauncey Billups should be a good, you know, finals MVP type guys and champions should be pretty uh, pretty yeah. near auto when it comes to I think to they that. usually try to get a referee or two in, so I, I imagine Joey Crawford will Joey probably. Joey Crawford will make it for yeah. sure. Uh, Michael Cooper, the player, maybe mm-hmm. ought to be a lock at this point. Pretty, pretty stellar guy in his playing days. Um, any other that might be locks on here on the men's side? Yeah, I'd, I'd like Sean Marion to be a lock. Uh, yeah, I mean, but... it. 
I, I think he pro- he probably get in with his class, you know, mm-hmm. be on the lower end of things as far as yeah. the the superstars. You know, this this won't be a you know a hefty class with you know um, some of the some of the better players. Like you mm-hmm. know, we've recently we've saw that KG class. Um, we've seen the D Wade and you know Dirk class. This one won't be stout. It's best aside. You know, swipe away the 08, you, you know, Olympic team. Its best player is going to be probably Vince Carter. Yeah. I, I'm going to give you a name I really hope makes it in this year uh, because I, I think it would be posthumous now, but he deserves to get in. That's Raleigh Massimino. Uh, you talk about how good the Big East was in the 80s and a big reason, not just because of the success of, of Patrick Ewing under John Thompson and, and those Georgetown teams, but the whole conference was great. Raleigh Massimino made it as a, I think there's the underdog and they won the 85 national championship with Villanova over that Georgetown team as an eight seed. Um, so I think he should absolutely be in. I, I thought he was actually already in, believe it or not. I'm not sure I'm familiar with who that is. He was, he was the head coach of the the Villanova Wildcats in that, in that 85 run and uh, throughout most of the eighties and nineties. Okay. Uh, but he should absolutely be in. We'll see if he makes it in February to the finalist mm-hmm. squad. Mm-hmm. And last round of things right there before they select their final 12 to like 14 to get yeah. inducted. And uh, we'll talk about the women's side of things here in a bit. But now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for BJ's Best. Well, thank you, Drew. All right. Well, ladies and gents, uh, a couple days away from uh, Christmas Day. We were talking about Christmas Day games in the NBA earlier, and I found what is claimed to be the most underrated Christmas songs that you needed to have been listening to instead this holiday season. Because if you're if you're like me, I mean, nothing wrong with it, but after about three or four times hearing All I Want for Christmas is You, I, I need to look for a new radio because uh-huh. I'm about ready to punch mine. Uh, so, uh, I'm going to, this is a list on, uh, from Pace Magazine. I'm okay. going to see if I, if I even recognize any of these. I was reading through earlier and I did not recognize, uh, any of these, but it's possible that, uh, that you do and you actually do enjoy these. So I'll start, Maybe. I'll start at the top. Uh, it goes in alphabetical order by artist name. So, the first one is Audrey Assad's Bells. It says all of her tracks on her album Peace could be on this list, but Bells is simply unmissable. Stunning rearrangement of the popular Christmas carol based on Henry Wadsworth Longfellow's 1863 poem, I Heard the Bells on Christmas Day. So I almost wish when we do lists like these with songs that we play it. So yeah. Like, oh, it's okay. I, I've, I've had a lot I've, of different songs lately doing this morning show, so I might have heard that by now. Okay. I was I gonna say it, it's it's a sounds like it's a smaller uh smaller song. Uh she's I, I'm I'm not familiar with her, but that's could be just because I'm an old fuddy duddy and I listen to a lot of the older stuff than you know, more of the new songs, but it, it also is underrated, and so that might be part of it. Um, next one up is by a band called the Bahamas, which I am familiar with, but I don't think I've heard their song Christmas must be tonight. Uh, this was part of uh, the soundtrack for the 1988 film Scrooge with Bill Murray. 
Uh, it says the song was an outtake from a previous album that was included on their final studio record, Islands, and tells of Christ's birth from the perspective of an onlooking shepherd. So it says a uh, version uh, by Canadian musician Bahamas honors the original iteration while also altering it, combining reverberating guitar riffs with Jervanen, which is Bahamas, trademark creaky voice to convey a folksy festive warmth. Next up on the list is Fleet Foxes with White Winter Hymnal. Uh, that says this is a Seattle-based indie band, Fleet Foxes. Basically, one short verse repeated three times over roughly two minutes. That's only festive in the vaguest of ways. Well, this one might be a skip for me, uh, <laughs> if I'm being honest. Yet there's something about the song that makes it not only reflective but addictive. Maybe it's the sound that is oddly reminiscent of the Beach Boys, so it feels nostalgic even though the song was released just 15 years ago. Maybe. I I will not hesitate to give it a listen at least and see. Uh, maybe I'll report back for next week what uh, I listened to them and I didn't like them or, or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> give us the review. I will have to do that. Uh, next up, Fruit Bats with Baby in the Hay. Sometimes the only thing you want and need from a Christmas song is a retelling of the familiar story behind it all, and that's exactly what the indie rock band Fruit Bats delivers to listeners in Baby in the Hay. So it says this is uh, a single tucked away on a holiday compilation album called You Wish. Okay. So it says it's a enrapturing harmonies accented by a country-western tinge that adds newness to nostalgia. Hush Kids, Jingle Your Bells, the Nashville-based alt-country duo Hush Kids, say they chose their band's name because they felt the word hush described the softness and tranquility of most of their songs. If true, Jingle Your Bells is something of a departure, up-tempo and ebullient, a flirtatious telling of two lovers losing themselves in mutual affection at home during Christmas. Huh. How many did you say there were of these? Uh, this, this it says 20. I'm not going to go through them all. Oh, I was going to say, what number are you on? I got lost. I, it doesn't go by number. It just goes by, oh. uh, by last, or well, actually it goes alphabetical by first name of the artist. Uh, I'll skip down a few. Phoebe Bridgers, I know the name, but I've not heard her. Uh, the song is If We Make It Through December. Songs like Merle Haggard's If We Make It Through December was released in 1973. Remind us that not every Christmas song is merry and bright. But Phoebe Bridgers transforms this track into something even more somber, deconstructing Haggard's tune into a melancholic tune more aligned with the song's lyrics. Uh, while this track won't make listeners rock around the Christmas tree, its explorations of hard luck, financial difficulty, and gnawing loneliness offer solace to those for whom the holidays are hard or even painful or altogether avoided. I know there's probably some out there that might be Having that kind of feeling this year, I can tell you that. Uh, so that might be one to get yourself in the right headspace and, and put that one on the, the radio. Uh, British musician Rice Lewis, or Reese Lewis, I should say, with Christmas Eve, uh, said that song tells the story of someone who had a little bit too much fun on Christmas Eve and woke up on the big day with a hangover, eyes as red as Rudolph's nose. Wow. <laughs> My goodness. That's uh, Says, soulful voice of Lewis compliments the multi-instrumental presentation of saxophone, trumpet, and piano. It'll make you stand up for your, from your easy chair 
and recreate the very scenario the song subtly warns against. Uh, well, maybe I might have no to. trombone. Ah, I was to say no. It, it doesn't say it, but it should. It says smooth saxophone, punchy trumpet, and playful piano. All right, just a couple more here. Uh, got the Opers, Opiers, maybe uh, Toronto-based folk trio uh, made the song called River. They wanted to avoid making a commercial Christmas album and instead sought to produce a mix of covers and originals. Some delivered acapella and others accompanied by light instrumentation that examined the many ways that the holidays can bring rest, joy, and cheer, while also inspiring feelings of loss, grief, and nostalgia. The whole album is worth a listen. That's from uh, Stay Warm is the album, but uh, they cover Joni Mitchell's River, uh, because it's uh, a perfect gentle acoustic accompaniment that allows the enrapturing harmonies to shine as bright as a tree topper. And the last one I'm going to say is from Y La Bamba. It's Senor Santa. In 1955, songwriter Pat Ballard rewrote the lyrics to his famous song, Mr. Sandman, for Christmas use as Mr. Santa. And more than half a century later, Mexican-American singer-songwriter Luz Elena Mendoza and her folk pop band Y La Bamba reimagined it once more as Senor Santa. I think I might have actually heard this one, uh, but it's been a while. It says it combines classical guitar riffs with accordion, ukulele, and even whistling. The song transforms into something starkly unique without sacrificing its original festive spirit. So there's just a few. The album or the uh, article is from Pace Magazine. Uh, so if you're looking for some new holiday tunes to pop on the uh, old uh, people still listen to boom boxes. Uh, I know that jukebox would be too outdated of a term, but if you're looking for a new uh, song to add to the Spotify playlist, how about that? Uh, and for the Christmas season, check out some of those or check out Pace Magazine for the whole entire list and see if there's one that you find that you really like. And that is BJ's best room. There you go, BJ. Man, we, we got to get something in there next time where we're, we're talking about songs. We got to be able to play the song so I can hear it be like, ah, I've heard that one for the first time. Hey, I have no idea what that one is. <laughs> I was just saying, there, there's quite a few that I don't know, uh, or I, I yeah. don't, they're not familiar to me. So oh, there's tons that I had no clue existed until I was putting yeah. them in rotation. <laughs> yeah, absolutely worth a, an investment into seeing if any of them are are worth uh, old playing of the eardrums every year or not. Mm-hmm. You know what else is worth the investment, BJ? What's that? Some merch from our Tee Public store and our partners at Tee Public, man. Oh, man, I tell you what, it's time to get geared up. But even though there's no sale this week, I'm sorry for the disappointing news, you can still get the gift of free shipping free on orders $80 or more. That's right. Free U.S. shipping on orders $80 or more. BJ, I've got bad news. I broke my low-down mug recently. Oh, no. It, I accidentally tapped the handle on the corner of the kitchen sink, and it cracked. And oh, mug no. broken, so I have got to get into our stores to make a purchase, just like you guys need to. Guys, add it to that cart. Visit the link in our description to get started loading up that cart with some merch from the lowdown. I'm getting that lowdown mug. Got to re-up on my mug. Get 
get yours as well. If you want that coffee to get you awake in the morning, it's chilly around here nowadays. It's time to get warmed up with the coffee with the low down mug logo sticker slapped right on the outside of it. Go ahead and shop today. Link in the description. Yeah, it may not be too cold everywhere, but if you got early mornings like Drew and I do, that coffee cup, it does just hits quite right the first of the morning. Uh, hey, Drew, I've got some news for you. If you're looking for something, uh, you know, maybe you can't get it in time for Christmas, but it's the end of the year. Maybe you want to get something new and uh, re-gift it, or, or if you want to have the ability to get yourself some fresh new merch as we get ready for the NFL playoffs and so many more things to come in 2024. Fanatics has got you covered. They've got a clearance sale. You can get up to 70% off right now. Plus, you can free shipping in the U.S. on orders over $24 by using the promo code 24SHIP, S-H-I-P. So, again, 70% off. There's a lot of stuff on there. I saw a lot of that uh, Rangers World Series merch. I was surprised to find it in the clearance sale. They want to make sure that that sells out. And so you can get some really good deals if you were looking for some new uh, gear to rep as we get ready for new baseball season. NFL jerseys are on sale. You can find yourself some of that Texas Longhorns college football playoff merchandise is on sale as well as any other team that is in a, a big-time bowl game this year. Plus, if you are Fanatics MVP, you're going to get exclusive deals that are only available to you because you wanted to be the MVP and so you get exclusive weekly deals and so much more available by signing up to become a Fanatics MVP. Again, up to 70% off right now, plus free U.S. shipping on orders over $24. At Fanatics, use the promo code 24SHIP, Fanatics.com. That's exclusive licensed everything. And, Drew, as we find out every week when it's you and I here on the show together, my friend... What is on Drew's mind this week? Well, BJ, what's on Drew's mind this week? It's a Christmassy theme, of course. You see the hat on? Yeah. Christmas time on Monday. It's getting spirit. You've talked about the songs. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the top 10 Christmas characters. How about that? Okay. Top 10 Christmas characters out there. Uh, this is going to be coming from ScreenRant.com. This is actually a big top 25 list but we're not running through 25 so we're going through this top 10 here there's some i recognize on here some i do not because i haven't seen the movie but you'll probably recognize some people on this list bj some christmas right. characters okay Familiar faces uh mr poppy coming in at the 10th spot from nativity it's a movie from 2009 have you seen this bj i have not i have not either that's one that i need to see i'm supposing Played by a fellow named Mark Wooten. Okay. I'm familiar with the face if he's the guy on the left in this in this picture, but if he's the guy on the right, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> um, but that is the 10 spot. In the 9 spot, Clark from Christmas Vacation. Yep. Clark Definitely familiar with him. And watch that, I think, uh, maybe a few weeks back. Yeah. One of my favorites around this time of year. Yeah, good old Clark Griswold. He's in the one, nine I wonder spot. if his cousin is higher up on this list. Ooh, guess we'll just have to scroll and I see. I will have to find out. Yes, indeed. In the eighth spot, BJ. 
John McClane from Die Hard. That's perfect. I'm wearing my. I'm wearing my shirt. <laughs> Die Hard is a Christmas right movie. Right on time. Right on time. That was time. perfect timing. <laughs> yes, indeed. Played by Bruce Willis. John McClane from Die one Hard. The, one of the better movies, especially the, the only real action movie that you can watch around Christmas. What, what do you like better, Christmas Vacation or Die Hard? In terms of just to watch this year or around this time of year, Christmas Vacation, I can watch either one any time of year. But you can watch Die Hard any other time of year and be fine. It's not really a Christmas movie. Anyway, stop it. I haven't seen it stop yet. It. So it's okay. Stop it. Uh, in the seventh spot, Luther Crank from Christmas with the Cranks. Yes, in 2004, played by Tim Allen. I don't think I've seen this. So I had I. Uh, well, I, no, I haven't seen any of these so far, actually. Ooh. So, but I'm familiar yeah. with Christmas with the Cranks. I've heard it before, but I have not seen it. So, yeah. oh, shame on me. Yes, I know. Yeah, I was. Well, uh, that's for not seeing any of them so far. This, yeah. these are three of the three of the the better films so far. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. You to watch. But I have seen this one, number six, Gizmo from Gremlins. 1984 is <laughs> yeah. when this bad boy came out, played by That's funny. Howie Mandel. <laughs> oh, yeah, Gizmo. Oh, Gremlins man. is great. I love Gremlins. <laughs> Good movie. Good movie. And Gizmo, definitely a memorable character in the Christmas lore. Yeah. It's in the five spot, top five now. This, is, I think, might be pretty low, to be honest. Who do you think is right here, BJ? Kevin McAllister? Nope. Okay. All Who right. is it? It's the Grinch. Oh, the Grinch! How the Grinch stole Christmas in two thousand. Yeah, I was to say like that is a, that that is a pretty low. I think five low is low, right? Yeah. Every time you think Christmas and you're referring to anybody being mean, you call them a what? A Grinch. A Grinch. Yeah. yeah somebody. If you read a story about somebody from Florida stealing presents from a local church, yeah, they're More being Grinch this holiday season. They're dressed up like the Grinch too. Yes. Knowing Florida. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. So Grinch in the five spot low here. Next mm -hmm. one. I haven't seen this one, but it's Karen. Who loves Karen's goodness? Karen from Love Actually from 2003. Oh, I was just played saying, by Emma Thompson. Yeah, that's that's one that it's it's you either love it or you're not really have many strong feelings on it at I all. It. Okay. Yeah. In the three spot, a very familiar face to many, BJ. Familiar name. Mm -hmm. Who do you think's here? He might be low to some, which I guess gave it away to he. Um, okay. Might be low to some at this spot in number three. Uh, Santa Claus. <laughs> no, it is <laughs> Buddy the Elf from, oh, the, from yeah. Elf. It came out in 2003, played by Will Ferrell. Yeah. Some people would have Elf and Buddy the Elf at number one. No. Well, but when you've got Santa Claus, it's got to be number one, right? I don't know. Is he a Christmas character, technically? I mean, yeah, with, with as many iterations that they've had over the years. I don't even years, know if there's think. a Santa Claus from any movie on this list. But it's Man, a character. Would be... It would have to be a specific Santa Claus. Maybe, you know, a Tim Allen Either version Tim of Santa Allen Claus. Or... Yeah, a specific Mm -hmm. Santa Claus. We'll see or, if there's. Or, well, we'll see if they're on the top two here, BJ. Yeah, I was just saying. Yeah. 
Santa Claus from Santa Claus coming to town. I don't know. We'll find out. The two spot, George Bailey from It's a Wonderful Life that came out in 1947. Yeah, that's that's an iconic one. That that one is is a tough watch. It's because it feels like for most of the movie, it's so down and 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 depressing. But then, you know, just a beautiful turn of events there at the so end. So you've obviously. seen this. Uh, I think I've seen, if, if not all the way through, I've seen most of it. Okay. I have not seen this. Yeah. It's, it's, they usually show it, uh, either on Christmas Eve or Christmas day on one of the, the networks. So. All right. And the one spot, who do you think is holding is it down it? here? Is uh, it Santa or is it somebody else? Well, considering it feels like it should be Santa, it's probably going to be somebody else. Let's find out. All right. Do you want to have a guess at it? Somebody else? Uh, a legendary figure. Is it Kevin McAllister? Yes, it is. Kevin <laughs> McAllister from Home Alone holding down the number one spot played by Macaulay Culkin. Man, that's uh who recently that, got a Hollywood star. Yeah, and that was that was well deserved. Uh yeah. yeah. No, I mean that's that's not a bad list. There's there's some ones that you could you know say, all right, let's shuffle them around. Right. Just a little bit. And I know, I mean, some people might, you know, say like maybe Gremlins should be a little bit lower. I don't know. It's. <laughs> Let me see if I can pop up some notables from outside the yeah, uh, top 10 here. Here's one, BJ, that'll spark your uh, your Santa Claus uh, thing here. Uh, in the 12th okay. spot, there's uh, Scott Calvin from the Sk- yeah. Santa Claus. Tim Allen, yeah. version played by Tim Allen. And. Uh, Jack Skellington, The Nightmare Before Christmas, in the 14th yeah. spot here. Now, people might say that's really low. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Willie, I mean, Bad Santa. Yeah. They might think that is low. Let's see if there's. Hold on. I got some. It's buffering here. No way. No, is that it? No, I had 25. Why isn't it showing me? Well, those are the notable ones you get since it wants to act <laughs> up on me. Oh, wait. It came back. Uh, there's a Santa one on here, BJ Santa from Violent Night in 2022. Okay, I didn't see that one, but he's in the 23 spot. Okay, and I think that's all the notable ones on here that I'm familiar with. Yeah, all right, yeah, there not you go. a terrible there's, list. Yeah, top 10 Christmas characters there for you for what's on Drew's mind. All right, Drew, yeah. and let's shift gears. We'll get back into the discussion of things. We're going back to the Basketball Hall of Fame nominees, several high-profile first-time nominees, Drew. We talked about some of the more notable names on the men's side of things, but looking at the women's side of things, and what's the name that immediately stands out to you? It's got to be Cheryl Ford, right? Simone Augustus. Simone Gus. Simone Augustus from the Mm -hmm. Minnesota Lynx. I mean, just one of the most dynamic scorers the league has ever seen. I mean, when you when you talk about, you know, mm-hmm. the records that was, uh, you know, when Enrique came into the league and she was breaking some, there were two names that you heard with the majority of those records that she was breaking. Cynthia Cooper, mm-hmm. Simone Augustus. Mm-hmm. She is that type of bucket getter. She's a finals MVP as well, a multi-time champion with the Lynx, a part of that dynasty that won four. Just a perennial player, a bucket, just just a natural bucket. I'm for real. And she's going to get in with this, with this squad for sure. First time, you know, uh, coming up. Is it, hold, let me double check. Is it her first time? 
Yes, people with the star on this list. And yeah. It's a first-time nominee, so it is her first time. She'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. She's going to get in here this first time. Uh, Cheryl Ford as well, BJ, is the name you mentioned. She will get mm-hmm. in uh, as well, I think, in this first time in. Um, you know, uh, let's see if who uh, – Penny Taylor was another player that was on this, yeah. uh, this list to be inducted a champion with the Phoenix Mercury as well, a, a dynamic player in her days as well. I think she's got a really good chance to get in. Um, I don't know that uh, I'm not seeing her with the in the women's nominee section, so I'm trying to find. So maybe she's in international, probably uh, trying to see if it's her first time. It is her first time. Yeah, yeah Penny Taylor's first time through as well. Uh, she's got a really good chance to be a first ballot as well. Um, if she doesn't make it, um, you know, got a chance again. But um, this this is one of those classes, BJ, that is is not just you know beefy like top heavy with just yeah. You know, star-studded spots. It's just going to be locked down, like pure locks in this one. You know, there's maybe a few. Yeah, and, and, uh, and uh, this and is this is like you're adding depth to your Hall of Fame bench. Uh, is what this this uh, draft this Hall of Fame class is going to feel like. And a right. name that I I didn't even see the first time we were going through Andre Kirilenko. I know this. Oh, is whoa, Kirilenko yeah, he, Kirilenko, he's a first-time nominee. Yeah, yeah, on the international, he. Slipped past my uh, my oh, eyes the first time. Karolinka, what does his resume look like? I'm interested now. I didn't I didn't think it would. I don't think it's uh, too lengthy. You know, I remember Karolinka in his days. He's a tall fellow, man. I actually, it's funny uh, that you mentioned Andre Karolinka because sometime last year, I swear mm-hmm. I thought I, you know, saw somebody that looked just like Andre Karolinka. And I oh told somebody that too, and I was like, "Man, I swear, I saw somebody look just like Andre Karolinko." Uh, almost his his resume is almost eight hundred. Go go, go for it. I was, oh, I was just, just going to give these quick ones. Just a one time All Star, uh, an All Rookie, uh, led the league in blocks one year. He's three time All Defense. I was to say almost eight hundred games played, uh, average of about twelve points per game. Topped out with a career best 16 and a half points per game. His third year of 0304. Looking at what else he averaged. Uh, I mean, it, I don't know. Maybe three point percentage. He was a 31% shooter in his career. I don't might, see him making this. Yeah, I don't know. That's Maybe, crazy I mean, that his name was Utah on Jazz name, but... Hall of Fame, probably, but. Oh, like if they got like a ring of honor, they could put yeah. his uh, retire his jersey or something. I don't even know yeah. if they would do that. He wasn't like perennial star over there either, just a three-time. He was more defense than he was a star, just a one-time yeah. all-star out there, and it was early in his career. Yeah. But uh, that's interesting. He was He's on this uh, in the uh, considerations here. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the number of players on here, I think, you know, with the women's side, they're, they're – there's always going to be some W players mixed into the to the class here. So Simone is definitely going to make it, you know, mm-hmm. alongside probably a Cheryl Ford um, on the women's side of things. And Penny Taylor probably has a really good chance to make it in, yeah. depending on what the uh, the coaches uh, side of things looks like. Because I know the uh, they're going to have a team in there, and it's going to be the redeem team. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean those those uh, those players are gonna get in. I mean, they they had phenomenal careers. And just want to make sure before I and BJ, 
Is there anybody on this list that uh, you think is going to be, you know, right on the edge of not making it? Like that—that's that a notable name. Hmm. On the edge of not making it. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of names on here that are noteworthy that are probably not going to make it in. Uh, but in terms of like right on the edge that's more notable i mean you know depending on you know which side of things you're looking at i could see like bo ryan being right on the edge as a coach jim Phelan, uh right on the edge as a coach uh, we talked about raleigh massimino sean marion potentially could be right there on the edge jim Lorenga, uh, uh yeah, because sean because there's there's some some that are still active yeah. and, and either coaching or you know, still uh, not playing, obviously, but um, there, there are some that that have been um, nominated before. Like this isn't Joey Crawford's first time this, being. This nominated. isn't Sean's first either. No. Um. So, mm, man, you got to think. Man, you got you got to fear for Sean Marion if he doesn't get in with this class. I don't yeah. think he gets. I don't think he gets in if he doesn't make it with this one. Probably not. And. Uh, and that would be unfortunate, but I mean, I could also see it. I mean, if if yeah. if Andre Kirilenko isn't going to make it out, I, I think Marion probably has a better case. But it's not Chauncey Billups' first time either, so I think he's he's another one of those players you got to look out for. Does if he doesn't mm-hmm. make it here, does he make it ever? Yeah, because I think this is probably one of the weaker classes if you had to point to one, and uh, well, you, you, you got to squeeze a Finals MVP in the in with this one if. He's 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 one of the only players on here in NBA style with a Finals MVP. Yeah, I'm I'm looking and, the and, only one because Vince doesn't have anything. Yeah, Sean doesn't have it. Bill doesn't have it. I mean, I, it, it's it's right now Chauncey, or never, right? Yeah, I think that's I think Chauncey's got to be locked into this one. If he if he doesn't make this one, there's no way he makes another one. I don't think. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's always a chance. You look at the veteran nominees, and and it's possible that if a player wasn't, uh, you know, making it in, in this go around, they'd be able to to make it further on down the road. But that's always one of those things that you never want to take the chance of. And that's like, like you got to worry about a Michael Cooper too. I mean, on the on this squad, I mean, he's got mm-hmm. the accolades that surpass or that you know equate up to a uh, Chauncey Billups. You know. Yeah, he's got multiple championships. He's a multi-time defensive player of the year and a multi-time yeah. all-star. I mean, he's in that mix, you know. So he's got the resume stacked up with these guys. You know, Vince Carter's got, you know, the longevity and the number of all-star appearances and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, he ain't got championships or MVP. So I mean, there are guys. I mean, you know, they could, you know, some people could consider ahead of him just because of, you know, having those extra accolades that Vince doesn't have or or be well, equal with him as far as putting, you know, making it into this you know, Hall of Fame, but like, you know, somebody could say, you know, Vince is making it, but like, there's no way Chauncey doesn't make it. That's a champion and a finals MVP yeah. and a multi-time all-star as well. But there's no other candidate on this list, Drew, that had as great of a slam dunk contest as Vince Ah, okay. Legendary dunks and stuff and <laughs> the Olympic dunk over the one guy as well. Mm-hmm. That is super dope, but I mean. Yeah, and and that's, that's all part of it too is that, you know, I'm not just – what like the list of accomplishments is, but you know, can you, you know, can you tell the story of basketball without some of these guys? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But 
in order to put this kind of era into context, I mean, I, it feels wrong not to have Vince Carter, what he did and how popular he was in the Hall of Fame. Chauncey Billups hitting that like uh, three-quarter court buzzer beater the year that they went on to win the, the title and, and his run in the playoffs that year. It feels like he should be in. There's, there's a lot of guys that you oh, can yeah. make those kind of arguments for. And, and that's the thing at the end of the day is that, you know, it, it is a tough one to, to, you know, say that, you know, who's more deserving and who's who than who isn't on this list, because there's a case for each and every one of these people to be, you know, inducted and, and to be deserving of it at the end of the day. Yeah. And Cheryl Ford's case, four time all-star three time champ, 07 all-star MVP. So, I mean, yeah. Like I said, she's another one of those that is uh she's got a chance, it's her first nod and no chance to get in here. So um she you know she's got enough accolades on her back to you know put put her over in, but you know, then again, you know, she might get overlooked for some some coaches that hadn't got put in that have tried a, a time or two and uh you know try again next year. But um yeah. if they're trying to put a couple of players in, you know, she might be the the second one to tag along with Simone to get put into the hall, but you know, definitely got some good, um, some good women here in, in mm-hmm. the class. And like I said, Penny Taylor, uh, in this mix to give you, uh, Penny's, uh, you know, numbers real quick. Just talking about what her days were like. Obviously, you mentioned that she was a champion, uh, three time champion, as a matter of fact, mm-hmm. and a three time all star to go along, along with it. And, uh, man. So of the, of the three, you'd say it's like if 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 you had to say they're the who has the best chance and who is probably not or who who is the not the least chance. Them? Yeah, I was gonna say if 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 there was, you know, if if they only went with one or two, it would be more likely that it's Simone and Cheryl Ford, and then Penny Taylor would be third. Or do you think that it would be a different order? Because Simone has has got to be one, right? And then is it Ford or is it Penny Taylor? Is the question. Um, and obviously they won't look probably at it Penny, way, so probably Simone, Penny, and Cheryl in okay. that order. Chances, chances to get in. Well, uh, and and with Penny being international, that actually does seem to help. They might be able to get all three in in this class because uh, Penny Taylor's in a different, uh, in a different bracket, yeah, different, yeah, di- well, bracket, uh, different group of nominees. So, and they always usually yeah. try to go with a, a handful from each of the different uh, groups. Yep. So well, she's got a chance. She has mm-hmm. a chance to, to do it for sure. But a three-time champ, three-time all-star got a good, got good a opportunity case. to get up in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, Simone for sure will make it. That is, that is. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, there's some guys that, you know, have real, have their chance a lot, you know, men and women that'll get in uh, up in here. It'll be a nice little class, but I think it'll be it'll be one of the weaker ones that we've seen uh, in a while. We'll we'll have to see what we can compare it to once the the finalists and uh, who's going to make it drop, you know, and uh, see where it ranks among the classes that have been inducted been in, been inducted over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, indeed. And uh, BJ, we still got some WNBA things to talk about. Mm-hmm. And uh, first things first, just talking about this Commissioner's Cup. You know, we've already had. You know, the minor chats about, uh, well, me kind of ragging on the Commissioner's Cup, saying that the <laughs> NBA learned from your mistakes and made the in-season tournament good. And I guess W is now learning from what the NBA is doing, having to make some changes to make some things more interesting. Like, ah, this is what we were missing. 
So let's take a look at some of these things, BJ. You know, I've okay. had the uh, the email for a minute. Um, haven't really dove into it as much. Been busy running around doing basketball games. So we're, I'm looking yeah. at this. I'm going to be looking at this in uh, some real time. Uh, here, yeah. I'm going to be uh, going off the story from ESPN here. Shout out to Michael Vopel here uh, from ESPN on the story. Um, they want to uh, try and increase some fan engagement with this, BJ, obviously, of course, because mm-hmm. you know, we've we've had we you know what we're talking about. We've had discussions before about the lack of yes. interest for playing up on these Commissioner Cups games. And the NBA players they do the opposite with their end season games, they they get it hyped. Yeah. And uh, they want to uh, move to a shorter, more compact format for its end season commissioner cup uh, for 2024. Kathy Engelbert said um, this past Monday, and uh, the event is moving to a five game format down from 10 games where mm-hmm. each team uh, plays the other teams in its conference. Once all cup games will be played in a two week period from June 1st through the 13th. So just shortly, you know, after the season begins, maybe like a week or yeah. so, mm-hmm. week, or, week or two, and uh, you're getting into cup games. It's coming down to, you know, about where the NBA was at. They had about four, you know, in-season tournament games. You know, most of the teams that were in the in-season, you know, little uh, final eight there or whatever uh, had, you know, had the little 4-0 and records to, to get yeah. themselves there and lock in the spots. W trying to trim it down as well. It'll be followed by the cup final on June 25th between the top two teams in the standings, hosted by the team with the best record in cup play. Uh, Engelbert had told ESPN that if the league doesn't add a 14th team for the 2025 season, WNBA is prepared to make the cup format work with 13 teams. Okay. The league will continue to have 12 teams in 2024, but an expansion franchise in the San Francisco Bay Area will be added in 2025. Mm-hmm. I think the W will look super goofy if they can't get a 14th team in. If you can only yeah. add the one, I think it'll be super goofy if they can't do that. Um, the league hasn't ruled out the possibility of the 14th franchise, but Engelbert said it would need to be nailed down soon to be ready by then. Oh yeah, I think you gotta. I, I think you gotta lock in, you know, another franchise to be ready in the next few months. By the time the free agency yeah. period begins in like February, February, yeah, you need to have another place locked in. Mm-hmm. If not, they're really going to kind of be letting things down because they'll have to reformat a lot of different things with 13 teams. Like, we still yeah. have eight teams make the playoffs? Mm-hmm. Um, or do we want nine? And then if we do nine, how do we do it? You do eight, nine play-in game or something like that? Like, Yeah, you're going to have to have a play-in, but like the nine versus the eight or something to see who actually makes the last spot. You, you could do – yeah, I would say you could do like top six automatically qualify – and then like seven through ten, kind of like how the the uh, the uh, playing tournament works in the NBA. But I don't think that's necessarily what they want to do. And all, all the cup games except the final will be part of the team's forty game schedule mm-hmm. as well. Uh, Kathy said she felt that the league or the league felt that the format spread out over a much longer period didn't engage players and fans as much as the compacted format should. The yeah. fact that 2024 is an Olympic year, the league will break from July 18th to the 14th for the Paris Summer Games. Also added incentive to change the cut format. Yeah, so she said the newly designed concentrated structure for this in-season tournament adds an increased sense of sense of urgency and excitement as we place a particular spotlight on Eastern and Western Conference Commissioners Cup play in a two-week window near the tip-off of our regular season. I mean, that's 
exactly the the case where you know you needed something especially early on to add the excitement and in, increase the urgency is like you know if, if it's these two weeks and then it's not for the rest of the season like it's it's if, if you want to push more emphasis this is the way to do it you know what I think they should do? They should do something along the lines of what the NBA did, since we're all picking off each other now. Uh, NBA had a little in-season tournament courts. Maybe give like a Commissioner's Cup patch for every game. Put it on all the jerseys when you're playing a cup game. I like uh, that. Give give out something at every uh, every uh, every arena when you're playing a cup game or something like. Give out T-shirts. Uh, Commissioner's Cup game number one. I, I don't know. Make make something. Don't do the courts because that, that you know you're directly copying from the NBA at that point. But mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't want to go as far as to say make whole jerseys um, for it. But you know, maybe a patch on there with the uh, with the uh, with the logo. But maybe that's something they did for the Cup Finals. I can't remember if the the Commissioner's Cup logo patch was on jerseys or not. But if not, just put that on jerseys for you know every time you're playing a game. So so players know, like even. Like just, I mean, for example, like photographers taking pictures of those games. Like, oh, I took pictures of you. If this was a Commissioner's Cup game, because otherwise, the photos it looks like a normal game. How would you know that's a Commissioner's Cup game? Yeah. That way, in the photo, you know, oh, this is one of the four Commissioner Cup games. Okay. Yeah. So I think that's something they could explore. You know, put the put that logo on the, you know, right up here on the jersey, and maybe put one on the shorts as well, mm-hmm. and uh, and do it like that. Um, it seems like it would be pretty easy to do. Yeah, you, but you got to add something to make it different, just like the NBA did. You can't just be like, yeah. yeah, we're just playing five games instead of ten. It's shorter, so fans will engage more. It doesn't work like that. You got to you know, you know, give something to get catch our interest. Yeah. The NBA had a bright, shiny court you know, all the time. Like, oh, what does this mean? Oh, what's that? That's nice. That's new. That means something, right? What does it mean? Yeah. We'll figure it out later. And, uh, it, and they, things all ended up working. And they also did a great job marketing it, as, as we talked yes. about earlier this season. Uh, so, you know, players that, can't be saying, you know, we don't play up for cup finals anymore. We're like, oh, yeah, it's Commissioner's Cup Day. Commissioner's Cup game day. That's what we're that's what we're all about here today. We got to get a win in Commissioner's Cup. We know how important it is. We want to be – we want to be there to get the prize at the end of the at, at the end of the light when we play these five games and be playing for the money in Vegas or blah 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 blah. But the question is, Drew, is anybody going to ask the players like you did uh, that question, or are we going to just have to kind where of? I'm located when the season is. That's true. But I'm also just a few hours away from Minnesota, so links, look out! I could be over there asking Cheryl, <laughs> "Are your players going to play up?" Anyway, but. I hope it's something uh, they continue to explore to add things to. I hope this is just the start of you know what they intend to add to, you know the commissioner's cup scenario. But you you gotta add something else like that to make it, you know, mm-hmm. feel different. You know, yeah. You know, have have uh you know like I said about the t-shirts, like maybe maybe uh I don't know. For example, Dallas Wings could have like whiteout shirts with Commissioner's Cup logos on a oh, Commissioner's Cup game day or something that's on everybody's seat. Everybody puts it on in there, but like, and that, and that's what makes things feel different. Cause it gives yeah. it, cause that's what they do for playoff games. You put the t-shirt mm-hmm. on the seat, you know, everybody's, you know, like a, like at a Miami heat playoff game, you know, white out, yeah. you know, white hot theme or whatever they do. That adds you to know? the element that adds to yeah. the atmosphere. It, yeah. it makes the atmosphere different as well. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, you, you got to have the same type of you know change within the uh, 
the team as well, like with, you know, what you put on display on the video board and things like that, add some extra hype to those game days and stuff, like make it for real. Yeah. We'll see. They got plenty of time to add some more stuff, and they also need to add another team so that we don't have 13 teams for 2025 and be weird like that. Yeah, I was to say, I mean, what what's about the, the least amount of time they can have to get everything ready for the 2025 season? Like a, about a year, right? They need to have it announced by the start of the season next year that there's going to be another team. It's got to be before that. I, th- okay. I think that you got to have the announcement, like, like I said, by the time – Free agency is opening. You got to be announcing a new team. You got to be announcing a new team. Yeah. And, you know, that'll probably implore, you know, some players to sign one year deals so they can be available for the expansion team or whatever, possibly yeah. be over there. But yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you know, middle of February, you know, all star break of the NBA time is, you know, that's, you know, that's probably the latest you need to be waiting. Okay. So, so they got about two months to lock yeah. in another team, two. Two, three months max, man. If you got to push it through February, sure, but no, not not deep into March, not into mid-March even. You, We're not in the madness with you trying to figure out who our 14th team is. We don't yeah. need to be doing that. Fair, fair. Anyway, those are the changes for the Commissioner's Cup, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully they'll add some, they'll add some more things to, to make it interesting, but those are the changes for now. At least they did something. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. we're going to do now is slide on over to a little game we like to call With It or quit it. I'm back at the helm, ladies and gentlemen. I got five questions for BJ. They're, they're pretty good, and I saw BJ was close to getting tripped with the five for five on the Wizards. I know. And I, I thought he, he was. Jinxed, he jinxed himself by talking about it, and Trip went away from what he should have done, and he should have said, I know he wanted to, but it just deterred him when he was talking about going for the five. I could sense it. I could sense it. But I'm well, not gonna yeah, say that here today. But. It is it is hollowed ground, and maybe he, he didn't feel like he was honored, or uh, he didn't he didn't have the the uh, the right shoes on to to be in, inducted into the the five for five club it or was, whatnot. It was, it was the pressure he couldn't he couldn't do it. You put it all on him. He said, "Nope, I don't want to be a part of that." And uh, you got to be a part of this though, BJ. Five okay. questions on tap for Mister. BJ, I'm ready. And here we go. Question number one, Mr. BJ. Mm -hmm. You, you'd like to have yourself a white Christmas with it or quit it. All right. I have been through it before. I'm talking about it now. It's fine. Uh, No, not this year. Quit it. No, especially since I'm working, it would be a whole lot easier if I had a nice Maybe some cooler weather and uh, sunny skies just make my drive pleasant to go in and back and forth. So <laughs> not not this year, but in in a perfect world, if, if I'm not working, yeah, I'll be fine. If I'm not, if I don't have anywhere to go, absolutely white Christmas. Right. Okay. I guess I should have made that a little bit more specific. Ah, well. But it's okay. He yeah, went on the quit it side. That's how we're starting. Let's see how it goes the rest of the way. Question number two for Mr. BJ. You, BJ, this year in 2023 have watched less than five Christmas movies. With it or quit it? That doesn't mean the same movie twice. That doesn't count. I mean, yeah, five. Yeah, no, let's see. Five total. It feels like it because I just have not had a whole lot of time to do much of anything these especially the last two weeks but if you go back to probably just after thanksgiving 
I think I've gotten over five. So I'm again have to say quitted. Uh, oh. maybe, maybe just a maybe just a smidge. It's close, but if the number had been ten, it would have absolutely been with it. Gotcha. Okay. <laughs> back to back quits. Okay. Number three. Number three. With it, Mr. BJ, ice cream. You like yourself some ice cream? That's not the question, but I was just gonna say, have you seen me, Drew? I there's Shut not up. a whole lot that okay. I don't like. <laughs> ice cream is better in the winter time than any of the other seasons. With it or quit it. I've feel like i've had this one or some variation of it before and as much as i like ice cream on a warm summer day just because it feels like it's the perfect you know like perfect cure to a warm day to cool yourself down it is one of those things that uh you know if it's already cold out it's not really doing a whole lot to change your your taste buds so i will say with it i'll say with it this time darn it <laughs> I wasn't planning these to try to get you, but darn it. No. It cuts it off right in the middle. We can't even get the suspense. Like, <laughs> oh, one more question. <laughs> but I well, agree. I like ice cream. I, I was thinking at first when you said it, I was thinking quit it. But then I, was, I thought about it a little bit more. It's like, no, that's not not a quit it. I like me some ice cream in the wintertime. Like yeah. Especially right. with my birthday being in the winter, it's like just kind of one of those things that always feels right. Right, right, right. Question number four, BJ. Mr. BJ, mm -hmm. you have a pet peeve that nobody knows about. With it or quit it? Pet peeve that nobody knows about. I don't know that I do. Because I feel like if, if I had a pet peeve, I, I've been I've talked about it before. When we I think I know we've talked about pet peeves. So I'm I mean, gonna say it doesn't come up often. It's just like mm, that I hate that. As soon as that ah, you're doing that thing. Uh, you know what? Okay, I will. I'll say with it because I Ooh. anything that has to do with. Well, maybe I shouldn't give it away if nobody knows about it. But oh no, this I, is what this is what was supposed to happen. Now we know. Tell us. I was to say the like I I get like stuff with feet weirds me out. If if I see like feet in a movie, like like you know, I was watching. I saw saw Home Alone uh, in the past past couple weeks, and you know the scene where where Marv takes his shoes off because yeah. he's, the the tar on the stairs. And then the nail going like, oh, I can't do it. <laughs> so it's so funny that you mentioned feet just because I've gotten so tired of seeing feet lately. Cause I don't know, just on my Instagram feed, people are, you know, posting or on their stories, posting pictures of them at the beach this past summer or like summers ago. And or they're got a selfie in the mirror and they're barefoot. It's just feet, just feet, everyone, feet, 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 feet. It is. It's a pet peeve now too. I'm just tired of seeing feet. You don't, don't, you don't like need to, anymore. You don't need to find feet. Feet will find you. Apparently, I did. <laughs> apparently so. Apparently so. I'm tired of. Oh my goodness. Oh, Number five, Mister BJ. Yes, sir. When you shop and you go to buy some chips, okay. You go for a cheddar or a cheese flavored chip. 
the most? With it or quit it? So when you go grab chips, you're going for that cheesy stuff. You're not getting that barbecue. You're not getting that sour cream. Your first instinct, get that cheese. Get them I'm cheddar saying, chips. I'm going to say quit it, Drew. I'm oh! not my first, first is actually tortilla chips. But then if you look at like other flavors, like I like the I like me a good barbecue chip flavor. I like sour cream and onion. I do like cheddar, but uh, I mean, not going. I, not as not the first pick, I would say. So, Dang you know, it. Drew, this could have been a five for five. Now that we uh, now that we've gotten to the end, but ah oh, man, Dang. it's that's why it's tough because you don't know in the moment. And I'm not ever trying to do a five for five or anything like that. I but, know because even are, if you're even if you were trying to be deceptive like if the question comes up it's like there's no way you could say blah 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 yeah. instead of like okay i can't not say quit it here like yeah. oh i can't not say with it this would be exactly true. yeah right. so, it worked out that, pretty well well that's with it or quit it and that's the show Drew. it is indeed the episode i feel like we actually got through that one efficiently wow no i got the i guess we got the rhythm from you and trip last week y'all were about this time yeah off the college show watch that earlier today finally got caught up but uh yeah that is the show ladies and gentlemen it was good to to be on back I feel like it's been forever now we appreciate everybody joining us here in for this one make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcast ladies and gentlemen apple spotify you know all the other platforms amazon i don't think they have google podcasts anymore no, so all the other so. ones out there uh make sure you follow us wherever you get your podcasts and of course, rate and review the show. Hit those five stars on Apple and Spotify. And uh, you review only on Apple. Drop that review for us. We would appreciate it so much. Helps us get found on these podcast platforms. Those rates and reviews, they do just that. And guys, make sure you like, comment, subscribe over on the video on YouTube. Uh, the likes and the uh, subscriptions. I mean, you subscribe, you know we're going live over there. The likes help us get noticed over there on YouTube. Some more people like you. And uh, they get to check, check us out just as well. And if you guys got some comments about the show, you want to interact as well, we'll go back and check these comments. We'll comment too and uh, talk back with you. But uh, like I said, like, comment, subscribe. We appreciate it over on YouTube, and of course, follow us on those social medias. I should have said that at the beginning of the show. At the underscore lowdown, that's T-H-A underscore lowdown on all the socials, threads, YouTube, uh, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, X, and Facebook. There's no underscore on Twitch, but follow us everywhere at that social media handle, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, we'll be back next week for another episode. Um we got one more episode to round out right. the 2023 year, guys. It's yeah. crazy. Things are going by fast like that again, but we will be, we'll be back one more time this year. And uh, that's going to round out the episode for us. BJ, you got anything else? Hey, don't forget, uh, time's closing down pretty quick. If you want to enter our uh, giveaway that my big old brain uh, got uh, going for you, if you want to enter to win a prize, you've got to be subscribed and you've got, got to. to like the page on x you've got to be a follower on x gotta subscribe let us know still got time but it's closing pretty quick you got under 10 days left before that ends before the uh the giveaway window ends winding down get in while you can ladies and gentlemen but uh until next time we'll be back for another edition of the low down sports show merry christmas you'll feel merry christmas guys